Yo, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Today is Wednesday, not Saturday. It's Wednesday, May 11th. It is 9.08 a.m. Griff, how's your week going so far? It's a grind. We're in the middle of it, but hopefully this episode will give me some energy to finish the work week a little bit stronger, Mm. Uh, but it's going well. I mean, weather out here in California is always nice compared to where I grew up, so there's really not too much to complain about, right? How's your week going? Um, it is going great. We had a huge project we've been working on for, man, probably two weeks. Uh, $3.6 million, million project. Got that sucker finalized and sent off and submitted yesterday to our client. Um, feeling good about it. It's us and a, a huge company mm-hmm. um, that is that are bidding for the project. And uh, I think just based on sheer size of the other company, I think we're going to be significantly low. Does that mean that we get the job? No. But I think that's going to put us in a really, really competitive position. So I'm excited about that. The week's going good. And now I can finally allocate some time to all the things that I've been kicking off to the back burner. So it'll be, uh, it'll be good to hammer some of those things out. Also, if you guys are not noticing, Griff is wearing scrubs. Apparently, this is a normal deal. I did not know this. He he says that he sent me pictures, but I have not ever seen them before. Uh, Griff, why are you wearing scrubs, man? Just part of the job. I just do because uh, you're because you're a nurse, correct? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just a medical sales rep, and a lot of the time we have to go into some of these cases uh, in an OR or in a private office, and you're just you know just helping out or answering a question if there's a question and kind of mostly just learning from what's going on. I mean, that's my experience, but uh, I wear the scrubs sometimes. It's kind of a nice work uniform. I'm not going to lie. Like it's a lot better than having to wake up because when I first started this job, it was a lot of a lot more cold calling than it is right now. And that was business casual every day. That gets exhausting after, after like weeks and weeks and weeks of the polo or the long sleeve or the whatever, you're just getting tired. So, you it's can't, nice you can't nice see our chest down here, but he's he's down there nodding. He, I think yeah. he might he might have some previous experience. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck type. in the business casual cold <laughs> calling too many times. So even uh, just cold calling and some scrubs sometimes, you know, is a little bit nicer. So I'm gonna, um, I'm, I'm opting over. I don't know if you saw this morning or not, but inflation name numbers came out for April of 2022. Did you see that? Eight point three. Eight point. Was it eight point three? Yeah, eight point three. I believe so. Um. Man, I mean, it, it's tape, tapered off a little bit. But, you know, what? one thing that I thought was really strange, right? Like if you look at, uh, you know, you look at an inflation chart and you see it go up and down and up and down. Uh, what's really strange is when, you know, we were at 8.5 last month. And whenever it comes down just a little bit to 8.3, that doesn't mean that our dollar uh, buying power goes back closer to its original number. That just means that the rate that it's inflating is is less, right? Which is yeah. which is wild, right? I mean, if you think, okay, make a super simple example. Okay, today, let's say that today we start and our dollar has the buying power of one dollar. Okay. And then tomorrow it inflates 10%. Okay. So now it inflates 10%. So our, our dollars now got 90% of the buying power that it did yesterday. And then in day three, it goes back and and now the inflation rate is zero percent so that that chart's going to look like it's going to go start it at the bottom it's going to go up 10 percent, and then it's going to come back down to zero right mm. that doesn't mean that the dollar 
went back to its previous buying power. That just means that it's not inflating more at that point. Which, dude, there's so much deception in all of this fiat stuff, man. It's crazy. It's, it's like the greatest game. The artificial, the artificial uh, signals that it's putting out to the open market, out to the to the to the uh, can't talk to the market actors. It's, dude, it's just so much deception. It's ridiculous, man. It's just one of the many reasons why once I found some Bitcoin people, and I say like, oh, they're never wrong. I'm not saying that because I think Bitcoiners are the you know the greatest thing since sliced bread. I kind of think that, but <laughs> inflation is not transitory. Inflation is also relative to your life. So even when they post these big inflation reports, CPI is not all that accurate for what you do in your daily life. Mm-hmm. It, it might not even be very close. So I don't know. I thought the same thing though. Like I think it's interesting because they'll say inflation. Oh, inflation's going down. Inflation's going down. But now we're about to start living in a world where. Gas is going to cost four dollars or more, and, and that's just and that's just normal, and that's just your life. And did so you see that? Did you see I posted that on Twitter yesterday? I filled up gas three ninety nine, dude. Yeah, it's it's. Have you stayed pretty consistent at the same station as well? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I guess it's not the exact same station, but they're all like right around the same area, though. So they're all, they're all pretty close. But I mean, you can kind of go back and see where it's like you know it, we started out kind of in the in the mid threes mm. and went up to like. 379 at one point and then back down to 360 350 and then you know 370 and then yesterday three 399 you know so we haven't here in oklahoma hit the uh the four dollar mark yet but i know you guys are probably sitting around what are you guys paying 40 bucks a gallon or what is it over there i think it's i mean on average i pay about the cheapest gas i can get the cheapest i can get is 533 something like that and I consistently get stuck in places where it's six bucks. Like there's just nothing you can do. It's six dollars. So yeah, it's tough. The world's getting crazy. Inflation is obviously, I guess it's maybe on its downtrend, but like Nick said, it's not transitory. So inflation is only down relative to where we're at right now. Is kind of how I would say it. We're also there's kind of be a good way recession. to represent that, right? Uh, it's yeah we got to find a way oh dude the um, recession's coming it's got the recession's coming just, the we just rates. hike rates again yeah uh, 50 basis points i mean which is why i'm super interested in the guests we have today because i've heard claims and i've listened to his show where it's he doesn't want to live in a world where he spends fiat anymore he's trying mm-hmm. to live a bitcoin world life like right now Absolutely. which i think will be more and more than norm the older we get but obviously he's trailblazing right now. And I think that's super interesting because if you're able to basically live your life with just Bitcoin, then you're understanding that this whole thing that we're in is just a game and you can play the game just like the rest of, uh, you know, the Citadel borderline pie ca- crash Terra Luna yesterday. Oh so like God, to understand man. everything that's going on uh, in today's financial world and still be able to live your life just with Bitcoin is a pretty interesting thing, but I want to let you do this little introduction uh, here. Let's skip the market check here, but uh, in skipping the market check, what do we have the market check for? A, it's nice to know the prices. Well, well, let's, let's, let's say here, uh, Bitcoin price right now today is at $31,311 and six cents as we speak here. And the S and P is at 40,000 or uh, uh, $4,033 and 33 cents. Um, so let's skip the, the whole market check, but why do we have the market check, Griff? What, what's the core principle of why we hit the market check? 
One Bitcoin's one Bitcoin, brother. One Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, everybody. Thank uh, God. Thankfully, is, uh, right? You know, the it's funny. The exact same is also true for the dollar. One dollar is one dollar. But it's just really shit. we all know <laughs> that the purchasing power of the dollar. Uh, you know, there's a quote that I heard from this guy, a uh, really sharp guy. He said that um, he said that uh, trying to operate in a fiat world is kind of like trying to fill up a bathtub that's got a hole in it. That's a good. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. But I also, I who who said that? That was our guest, wasn't it? Wasn't that was that Matt or was that Chris? Well, he is going to be our guest. Oh, so he hasn't. We haven't had him on yet. All right. No, we haven't had him on yet. No. I was going to say. Well, but, uh, in in lieu of that comment, I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Um, I uh, have not really got connected with this guy too too uh, long ago, um, so we don't know each other super personally. We had a quick little conversation before we hopped on here. Um, You know, it's kind of funny. Whenever you have common ground in, you know, Bitcoin or sports or whatever it is, it seems like you could just instantly connect with people. And uh, I feel that with this guy, Griff. I I won't speak for you, but I'm sure that you do as well. Um, I think every Bitcoiner we've talked to is like, oh, okay, we can hang out with this guy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's exciting. But this guy is with Choice App. And uh, I'll let him kind of explain a little bit more about how he is connected with them and what exactly he's doing for those guys. He's also the host of the Bitcoin is Hard uh, podcast by Choice App. I think he's doing some other things on his own. I've seen his YouTube channel. This guy's like he's doing all kinds of stuff all over the space. He's a personal finance guy, but he does like home mining. And I I don't you know, he's got his hand kind of all over these different places within the Bitcoin world. Um, and that's exciting, but I'm excited to introduce our guest this week, Brian Harrington. Brian, how are you doing, man? What's up, everyone? Thanks for making a Wednesday exception. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm happy to just cover as much as we can. Appreciate the introduction. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Brian, give us a kind of a quick, uh, kind of a quick backstory on yes. where you started and how you got to Bitcoin, what you're doing with Choice App, and uh, I guess. Um, what is your what is your hottest topic that you're that you're enjoying the discussion of today? Yeah. Yeah. So Brian Harrington, I'm like a Bitcoin activist. I live in Southern California. I've traveled to about seven different states now and seen Bitcoin meetups in seven different states. Um, like you said, we we have the Bitcoin is hard podcast, but we also have a show called Bitcoin is local. And so I've been covering, like I said, Bitcoin across America. So enjoy shooting that. Um, I'm the Bitcoin lead for Choice app and Choice. If you search on Android or iPhone, Choice Bitcoin in your IRA, it's just the simplest way to get your IRA out of the old custodians and get it into Bitcoin. So that's what we do over there. And then, yeah, just on the volunteering front, help do Bitcoin meetups. And on the home front, yeah, like I, I'm really passionate about kind of your whole family being involved in Bitcoin and your whole family switching over to Bitcoin. And so. Yeah, try to do stuff like home mining and uh, just really make Bitcoin like a, a thing. Like it's not it's not a side thing in our like house. Like it's like our base money and we think about it. So try yeah. to do that. And um, yeah, that's that's mainly that's that's the overview. Super, super back is like grew up in Colorado, grew up, grew up in Washington State, moved to California to go to college. I wanted to be a hedge fund manager. Like I wanted to be in finance. I like finance. Like I like personal finance. I have a picture helping like Neil Kashkari like run for governor. Like I was in, like I was in 
politics, normie, finance, land as well. Like I was the office manager for a financial advisor. Um, but that just like doesn't work for me anymore. Like that world, that the fundamentals of that world and the fundamentals of the Canton effect and the dollar losing value and like literal time theft doesn't work for me anymore. And so why I'm really passionate about Bitcoin is because like the kind of like freedom aspect and like goodness for the world at the same time as like being like true, like truly just logical to be involved with it from personal finance perspective. Like I can't, I, there's nothing else on earth that I can think of that has like such an impact on like human wide freedom and makes like so much logical personal finance sense at the same time. So my brain just like fuses those together like a lot. Beautiful. Was it hard to get your family to buy in? Because obviously you've been in it for a while. So how mm-hmm. long did that orange filling process take you? So like my like girlfriend, now wife, like, and I bought Bitcoin in the same year, like thankfully. So like we both bought it in 2015. It was like with our, oh. with my 50 bucks that I had and watched it double and pulled out my 50 bucks and then watched YouTube. And then every year from there, it just like ramped up. So it's not, I don't have a story where it's like, bought it like a bunch of it and just like got lucky or whatever like it's no it's it's just buying it and like learning about it and so yeah thankfully at the time like she like was willing to just um like take a look at it also and like this is like because even taking bitcoin out of it like we talked about money super super early like in our dating like relationship and i like i probably led that because i like talking about money like i've never i've never been a person who like thought that was taboo or whatever like and maybe that's because of the way i grew up but um no like i talked about budgeting and talked about finance like with my parents from super early like honestly so yeah it was no different doing it with her and then this it was like look, this investment worked for me, like, you should try it. And so then we both like, gradually learned and did it over time. Hmm. You mentioned, uh, did you call it the Cantillon effect? Mm-hmm. What yeah. is that? Could you explain yeah. that? Yeah. So the Cantillon effect is like, if people with access to the new money benefit to a greater degree than people downstream from that. So like, it's super like simple way rich people are able to borrow money at 0%, poor people borrow money on credit cards at 18%. So like they're getting access to the new money at like a cheaper rate. And that's creating, that's like creating the wealth inequality. So they're able to take 0% money and put it into assets that like, and people that are living paycheck to paycheck or living just on cash don't own any assets. So they're getting the brunt of the inflation with none of the upside of like assets being inflated. So that's the, that's the Cantillon effect. Another way to describe it is simply like crony capitalism, like capitalism is fine, but we need new language. Like the world needs new language. The whole country needs new mm. language right now. Like, like Occupy Wall Street, like was, is directionally correct in like the, like, like tea party movement to super like throw like a broad term on it is like directionally correct. And like, what's beautiful is I see both of those things in Bitcoin, like, and both of those things are fighting against the Cantillon effect and against crony capitalism. Like wealth inequality is because of the broken money. That's really interesting. And I was also like, of course I'm in a rabbit hole last night and I was, I was just going for, uh, what was I looking into the trilateral commission? Mm -hmm. Uh, and just like kind of 
the back end of like where we're really at today and why we're kind of here today. And it's so funny because all you really need to do is look up like five names and like you can pretty much understand why we're at where we're at in America today. What would you say like is Bitcoin? Are we going to have to defeat the old money, like literally defeat them? Or do you think they'll actually just join in? Do you think it's something that those big players want to see happen? Because obviously, if you've been in Bitcoin, you realize like this thing is so great because all the small economies in the world now have an opportunity, which is good for everybody unless you like the game we're currently in. So I was just researching (laughs) all that stuff and I was just sitting there and like, I want to hear your take on, you know, kind of like it is, it's, it's an inequality where we're at right now. And the game was set up maybe largely by like five or six industry players that I don't really, it doesn't seem like they ever want to give up their power. So where do you think we sit? Yeah. Like, where is Bitcoin sitting in, like, I don't know, competing with these guys? Yeah. Uh, so I, I love that question. I think about that a lot. Um, and I think that, like, the most of the time when you have an anti-establishment movement or, uh, like, a reform movement, right, it's, like, playing from behind. Like, it's playing from a very deep underdog position. And there's no real way to, like... Mo- most of the time, what will happen then is that the movement will just fizzle out. Like the establishment power is ba- basically able to just outlast it, like able to outlast the noise, outlast. And maybe, you know, and then we kind of rank our anti-establishment like movements based on just how much noise it made. Like, like wow, that was like a pretty good one, guys. Like that was pretty, like it went for like two and a half years. That was pretty good. Like, you know, we'll get them next time. Like that's kind of what happens like in anti-establishment movements. But... And I would say that's because there's no personal incentive to join an anti-establishment movement. It takes up a lot of time and it takes up a lot of money. Like, how are you supposed to, if you, like, going out and, like, protesting with your signs every Saturday or whatever, like, gets old to, like, you and your family. Like, it gets to the point of it's, like, why aren't you just doing something that can help our family on a more like small level instead of trying to like boil the ocean with this like great reform movement that you're a part of? That's why a lot of activists like get burnt out. And that's why a lot of activists kind of just are kind of like lifelong activists, like they're lifelong, like playing from behind. They don't really, they actually don't really even believe that they can win. Um, It's kind of just a hobby or it's like a thing that they do or a community that they have, which isn't bad. But what's beautiful then, fast forwarding to Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the most well-financed anti-establishment movement in the history of the world. Like you, and you actually have like the mechanisms now, it's like you guys brought up like the bathtub comment, like same thing with anti-establishment movement, like an anti-establishment movement where you're like, people are donating fiat to you and you're like burning people's activism hours, but you're not like, but you don't have any sort of mechanism to like get off the hamster wheel and actually start putting a dent in the world. Putting a dent in the world is very, very hard. Creating change in the world is very, very hard. There's 330 million people in this country. Like it's very, very hard. Like, and once you have control, you keep control. Like we think about like every incumbent politician, like it's easier to win as an incumbent simply because of name ID, because people are busy. People are busy and people are living their lives and people are on the hamster wheel of like fiat, living paycheck to paycheck and paying the $6 a gallon gas. Yeah, gas by me is gas by me is high fives all the time, middle to high fives all the time. And then same thing, Southern California, the average townhome is going up more in one week than people make in one week. 
Like that's, so you're losing ground. Like you're, you're losing ground to the goods and services. So can Bitcoin, like, mm. like can Bitcoin beat the old system? Like, is there a competition between Bitcoin and the old system? There hundred percent is a competition between Bitcoin and the old system. What's great about it is when you participate, you like don't move backwards. You don't move backwards. There's very few people, the rap, the Bitcoin rabbit hole doesn't move backwards. There's not people that get in and then get burnt out that we've seen so far. That doesn't happen. That hasn't happened. So once you like, that's be, and that's because of all the incentives, like all the incentives that are built into it. And so every single new person that chooses to like start the switch from fiat money to Bitcoin or every single business that starts the switch from fiat money to Bitcoin, they're like filling up this other bucket that doesn't Mm. have a hole in it. So I think that it's like, it's like, can Bitcoin beat the old system? Yes. Like I believe that or else like I wouldn't be sitting here. Like, and I wouldn't be sitting at this computer every day, like talking to people and going and meet space to meetups, like every, like every month and talking to people. But it's like, but I want that to come across as more ground. What I'm, I want that to come across mm-hmm. as more grounded than kind of other. I want that to feel different than other anti-establishment sentiment because, like, the incentive is there for like just families and regular people to participate from home, anywhere. I think it's interesting that you the way you said that because getting into Bitcoin is more of a paradigm shift than it is like a anti-establishment mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. Once you hit a certain hour or you hear you just hear a couple bites from somebody that make a lot of sense and you go, Fuck. because honestly, from elementary <laughs> school on, everybody our age and like in this kind of like say anybody from like 21 to 40, maybe 21, 35, 20, 40, mm-hmm. we all were like kind of had the same inkling. We're like, so is this like all fake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because yeah. I'm because con- we're all kind of confused, like as Nick and I were talking about LLCs yesterday and just like. It's awesome once you realize it's fake because yeah. then you're like, shoot, I'll play the game too. If we're all yeah. just going to do this, like we yeah. might as well all cheat together. But once you get into Bitcoin, it's this paradigm shift where you're just like, okay, but nobody's ever successfully cheated money in the long run. Nobody. Because it is the high, like as Taylor says, it's like the highest form of energy humans can achieve, which it's kind of true because we have to be able to communicate economic value with each other and yeah. money isn't real. So how we do that is like a very intricate process. And yeah. they've really just like, I mean, they have screwed it at the, to this, to this point, like the United States has done a worse job than any other empire maybe ever, because they not only have they debased our money, they've kind of convinced people it's okay. They've hidden so they, it so well. They've hidden it so well. It's just mm. crazy. They've hidden think, it in industry. It's wild. Think about the day to day of like a, a, like quote unquote normie or whatever. Like mm-hmm. so you, so you go to your job and you're like, you're go to your job, you're working, you're like trying to save money. You're trying to do the right thing. And you're thinking about like your future and thinking about a family and thinking about houses and whatever. And you're kind of like in this world. And then on the weekend, what do you do? You're at brunch and you're talking about how do we fix the world? Like that's loosely what like, you know, you're hanging out or whatever. But if you're just at a typical like millennial like brunch, you're talking about this is F, this is F, this is F, this is super frustrating. This is kind of working. And then you're talking about like, how are you climbing the ladder? Is it working? You know, 
wish like kind of what's your deal on student debt or whatever like that's loosely what's happening so five days of this one two days of this and the both those worlds are so separate from each other like all of the solutions all of the regular brunch solutions of well if we just voted this person in or if we just did this or if if maybe if the people in power just did this or if like hopefully a market crash does this so that then we can buy in the housing at lower Mm. like no but then okay Fast forward back to Monday morning. And like, what are you doing? You're like working at wherever you're working, filling up like this bucket of money that's like fundamentally broken. Like your budget is fundamentally broken because it's Mm. on a bad currency. Your company's budget is fundamentally broken because it's on a bad currency. Mm. Your the people in power at your company are at the whims of a political system that's broken. Like, and so, and you are what? Trying to push forward on company objectives that are trying to help this thing but is kind of fully different from what you just talked about on the weekend. Bitcoin, like Bitcoin and the reset that it offers and the different paradigm that it offers as far as a different money system, different way of communicating value to like back and forth to each other, now puts both those things on the same page again. Like it makes it makes working great again. Like it makes mm-hmm. working, I try to say there is no Bitcoin industry. Like there kind of is, and I'm happy to talk about that. And like, there's these companies that are pushing Bitcoin forward and doing powerful things. But it's like, for people that are out there, like, don't look to join the Bitcoin industry. Look to take Bitcoin to your industry. Look to mm. look to transition off mm. of fiat onto Bitcoin and yeah. then continue doing whatever you're doing for the world. Like, the, it makes being just a regular employee or a regular entrepreneur anywhere, like, more interesting again. Because... Yeah. Because, dude, people like working. Like, I, I genuinely believe that. Like, people, we, you know, you like doing stuff. You don't like, like, sitting around. I don't, I don't believe in that. And so, or, and I don't, I actually don't believe anyone else believes that either. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to yeah. dispel that whole thing of, like, the frustrating part about working is working for money that doesn't work and is broken. Like, you're mm-hmm. getting time theft is being stolen from you. You're going yeah. to your job, and then your job, and then your money is losing to goods and services. So, like, what's even the point of working? That's more of what it is. But once you switch to better money, then working is more interesting again, no matter where you're working. And it like that's why people say like Bitcoin is hope. So, Brian, you, you mentioned a, a couple of really good pieces here. Um, things that that the three of us have all thought about the vast majority of people. This is probably way over their head um, as far as how much time they put into thinking about these things. Um, you mentioned you mentioned that, uh, you know, can you guys hear the lawnmower that's right outside? Can you guys hear that? You can't. No, you're good. Um, so uh, you mentioned that the business is broken because uh, because it's on a broken currency or your personal finance budget is broken because it's based upon a broken currency or I guess fundamentally flawed, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um and, and we all believe this to be true because we know that that value is siphoned off and given to the people, the, the Cantillon effect, right? Given to the people that are closest to that money printer. It's taken from the people at the very bottom that don't own assets, who are living on fixed income, that are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and, I, and I've had conversations with several people that aren't, that haven't dove into the Bitcoin rabbit hole yet. People that are, that are still kind of asking the very bottom level questions, the fundamental questions, Um, and, and we've kind of, we, I think there's a pretty common understanding that, man, something, something's weird going on with the dollar, you know, like this inflation thing, you know, it's still kind of tough for a lot of people to wrap their mind around, 
okay, so the supply, it's, it's not just increasing costs, it's the supply of money increasing. So what are your thoughts here on, you know, in a dollar denominated world, it's so damn difficult for people to understand that it's not, it's not all about the dollar. Just mm -hmm. because something is priced in the dollar doesn't mean that yep. that's where its value is derived from, right? Yep. So whenever you look at, uh, you know, call it a business, uh, a, a business's budget or uh, uh, balance balance sheet or your personal finances, um, if, if you're operating on a dollar standard, a fiat standard, that is fundamentally flawed for the reasons that you just expounded on. Yep. Um, if we believe that Bitcoin is the alternative, but for the person that's looking from the outside in sees it as denominated in dollars. Yep. And, you know, this past week is a great example. Uh, they, 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 rate, uh, they hike the rates and the dollar value of Bitcoin tanks. Yep. Well then, okay, well, how is that the alternative? So I'll yep. be the devil's advocate and say, yep. well, how is that? How is that a good alternative? Yep. Yep. So super, super fair. And like the volatility question and the like, how is it an alternative question? Great. Like, and because that is the fundamental one, that is the fundamental one that takes a lot of brain thinking. And so if you're asking that question, that is the right question. And how I do it is like, I keep coming back to like goods and services. Like I come back to goods and services. Like you're correct. Currency units themselves are what they are like in the very, and actually I would give people a lot more credit for this too. Like if you're, if you're even asking that question, like, Hey, I hear you. But then how is Bitcoin like any better because it's so volatile? At least you're thinking about currency units just as currency units, because really what you're saying by volatile is like, well, it seems like it can purchase less stuff now because the exchange rate to the dollar like has gone down. And you're like, you're totally right. Like I'm, I'm one of these. It's it sounds like I'm talking about both sides of my mouth where I'm saying that, like, move on to the new standard, but then the exchange rate still matters. I'm not one of these guys that says, like, the exchange rate doesn't matter. Like, I'm not one of these guys that says, like, don't check the price or whatever. Don't care about it. Blah, blah, blah. No, I think the exchange rate between Bitcoin and dollars super, super matters. Super, super matters. The number one thing, like, that and actually a better, like, a, a place to get your brain is just that, like, this whole common notion that, like, the dollar is safe or the dollar is stable is not true. The dollar is losing to gas and oil. The dollar is losing to real estate. So just because you're showing me on a chart that the dollar is gaining compared to Bitcoin or compared to the NASDAQ or compared to the stock market in the last, you know, xyz months or whatever or years or whatever like the dollar is still losing to gas and oil and losing to real estate like so that's like getting there like before you can get to bitcoin as your base money you have to get to like their currencies are competing with each other you have to get there which is hard as an American, like it's hard as an American and it's hard as people who grew up listening to our parents talk about like one form of money and our grandparents talk about one form of money and us like, you know, up to this point in our life, thinking about our budget with like one form of money. So mm -hmm. before you get to Bitcoin is better, you will probably take a stop at currencies are competing with each other. Currencies yeah. are competing with each other. And then you have to think about how much 
goods and services, even if you're budgeting with dollars, how much goods and services can your dollars currently buy? And so congratulate, like, here's something that's interesting. Like I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube, which is why I love what you guys are doing. And I love talking to like everyone. I'm on the other side of the couch, like a lot. But what I've noticed is that the amount of YouTube videos of like, of like, here's how I became a millionaire or like, here's how I, whatever. I've like gone way up, dude, like way up. Like the whole like millennial millionaire, like kind of influencer thing. Like more people are making the like, here's my portfolio breakdown of how I'm a millionaire or whatever. Like, that like that is those currency units but like what can those currency units create in like mm. the size of a house that a million dollars can buy has gone down yeah like the size of a car that a million dollars can buy has gone down so yep. create un like measuring value and like seeing value in the world is extremely extremely hard like i think the analogy of like we're trying to measure something with like like a, a ruler is like fixed but a uh, rubber band, like that's why a rubber band doesn't work as a ruler. You can't be like, oh, this is a foot long. And then you like go out there with your rubber band but, and like stretch it. Like that doesn't work. That's what's happening with the dollar. So first stop, mm. first stop before, you know, as you're learning more about Bitcoin is just simply measuring value is hard. The dollar is not perfect for measuring value. You've, you've mentioned uh, Bitcoin as your base currency several times. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is something I'm very interested in. Uh, I, I guess, how, what do you mean by that? Yeah. How do you denominate your life in Bitcoin? And what platforms do you use to enable you to do that? For, yeah. for example, my hang up is I've got a car payment. Mm -hmm. I've yep. got insurances that I pay for. Yep. Um, I soon will have a, a house payment. Yep. If, you know, we talked a little bit early, if I don't yep. get priced out of the market, yep. right? Yep. Um, and, and I believe I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't done a ton of research, but, uh, I'm pretty sure that I have to have a bank account yep. to pay for certain things. Yeah. So how, keep it with those things in mind. Yep. How do you use Bitcoin as your base currency? What yep. platforms do you use? Yep. Like what is the actual implementation yep. of that? Yep. Yeah. So when I mean Bitcoin is base currency, I mean that I've like, my wife and I made a goal this year, like try to do this, like as an experiment is like to don't want to hold dollars in a bank account. I don't want to hold dollars in a bank account as like an asset on our personal balance sheet. Like I want to hold Bitcoin as our base currency. So any, cause what is money? What is money? Whether it's in a, whether it's in a savings account for a long term or a savings. So long term, or whether it's in a savings account for a medium term, like a house down payment, or whether it's in a savings account for a, or a checking account for a short term for going to the bar this weekend or whatever. There's like, there's way deep like savings for in the future. There's middle term of like house down payment, car down payment or whatever. And then there's short term of like bar this weekend. Like Bitcoin has one super long term. Like that's pretty general consensus. Like you can go on every podcast and talk to every single person across all of Twitter. It's one for the super long term. Like dollar doesn't work super long term. This middle part about house down payment, that question is getting pinched right now. Across mm -hmm. all of personal finance Twitter, that question is getting pinched right now especially among Bitcoiners and people that are exploring Bitcoin. Hey, do I hold that money in dollars or do I hold it in Bitcoin? And like, hey, and exactly what you just said, what tools do I use? Like, 
where on top of like what currency to hold it in hey no for real though what actual app or bank account or whatever are you using in order to get the lender to look at it correctly and in order to actually send it via bitcoin or send it via ach to who you need to and then this uh bar thing of like hey you know what's happening in like uh xyz town is cool but like we don't have a coffee shop that takes bitcoin yet so for real guys like what like what's the deal like no one takes lightning in my town yet like that's cool but what so there so exactly perfect question and so what I do is, and then also I have a mortgage payment also, like I have a mortgage payment also, I have a water bill also that requests dollars, like Chase Bank and like requests dollars, like in exchange for the mortgage payment. So totally understand what I do is and what all I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to swap out what I'm trying to do in 2022 is not swap out paying Chase dollars. What I'm trying to simply swap out is not holding the dollars on my balance sheet. So when a paycheck comes in, it's immediately paired with the outbound person that needs it. And it's immediately sent to them. And then any surplus is moved into my, I call it like my Bitcoin checking account. So like what I do, so I use an app called Level, LVL, but there's other ones that do this too. I don't want to fully like... Cash app is working on this. Strike app is working on this. Level is working on this. Coinbase is working on this. Like the precursor to all of this was the pay me in Bitcoin movement. So like if Cash app and Strike app are continue are going to continue to pay athletes to say the word paycheck and Bitcoin in the same sentence, and people are going to continue to talk about everything we talked about right now for the structural problems of USD as currency. People are going to want to be paid in the stronger currency. And then the the next question, which is a good question is, okay, well, how do I pay my bills with it? Which is effectively what you're asking right now. Currently, currently what's happening is I still get paid to the dollar side. Level has two sides of his checking account. I get paid to the dollar side of the level account, immediately send it to the counterparties. And then the surplus labor gets moved into the Bitcoin checking account. So that's what's currently happening. What's going to get better, what's going to get better and better is that these direct deposit to Bitcoin products, like Strike already has direct deposit to Bitcoin. Cash App already has direct deposit to Bitcoin. Coinbase already has direct deposit to Bitcoin. What those three like don't quite have yet is they don't quite have ACH network out from Bitcoin. Because yeah. in I hammer on this in a lot of different videos. And I love that you asked the tactical question because I want to continue just hammering this and getting in the weeds on this. What is not talked about enough is like the ACH network, like the way that dollars move, like direct deposit for regular W-2 employees. I'm very passionate about families and I'm very passionate about regular W-2 employees in the United States. Like that's what I'm talking to with good credit, to be super honest. Like that's what I'm talking to because, and the reason why I'm talking to you is because they are often kept out of the live on crypto, live on Bitcoin conversation. Like it. In my experience, listening to podcasts, that this had always been something that was, oh, for nomads or like single people or crypto anarchists or like, you know, people that are subleasing, paying cash or whatever. Like, so when when all of the personal finance advice about live on Bitcoin and live on crypto is in that vein, then we get the split that we had of like, oh, well, Bitcoin is just savings technology. And like, you just have like the suits over here that are working on like, Bitcoin financial products, then you have like the crypto OGs over here that are working on whatever. And I'm like, I actually fundamentally believe that both those things are way more on the same page, like than we give them credit for. 
And because of ever all the structural things we talked about of like using Bitcoin instead of dollars, regardless of what kind of account it's in is better for the future of the world, period. So back to like the, the thing, there's several apps that are now letting you direct deposit, which, and you don't even have to tell your work. You go on the back end of ADP, you go on the back of your payroll system and the same way you type in a checking account and a routing account number to Wells Fargo or to Chase or to Bank of America, you type in the checking account and the routing account number to Level, to Cash App, to Strike App, to Coinbase and you're able to direct deposit like into Bitcoin. Banks, we put banks on this pedestal of like being super important to the world. But if you super, super like look at your bank, Pull up your bank online, pull up your bank on an app. What do you use it for? What do you actually do inside that app? You receive a paycheck and you pay maybe four bills. If you're if you're not using a debit card, if you're using a debit card, then you're swiping every purchase. But if you're a person who you, puts it all on your credit card, pays off the credit card, then what do you do with your actual checking account? You pay off your credit card, you pay your car payment, you pay your mortgage, and then you pay maybe the three bills that don't take credit cards, which is like your electricity, your water, and car insurance, something random, right? So there's really only five, there's really only like a handful of transactions that are coming out of your checking account per month. All that I'm asking and that like get hashtag get on zero like is asking is why can that not be denominated in Bitcoin? Like common personal finance advice is like, Common personal finance Bitcoin Twitter advice is dollars are your checking account. Bitcoin is your savings account. Totally get it. And but but then we had that pinched question of the home down payment right now because the advice is starting to get squeezed and inflation is starting to get real. So all the question of get on zero is and that these apps are asking is why can't the checking account be denominated in Bitcoin? Why not? Why not just denominate the checking account in Bitcoin? And so the two ways that people are doing that are they're either they're getting the dollars and then immediately giving it to the counterparty and sweeping the excess to Bitcoin, or their direct deposit is immediately going to Bitcoin. And like then they're having to then they're having to swap to dollars and ACH it out. Both of those methods, in my opinion, over the next like six, 12 months, like by the end of this year, like by the end of this year both like both of those will probably be compressed into the same thing because you'll be able to get paid direct in ACH out from your Bitcoin balance. Mm. And then to further just like add on a little bit more bit refill and other companies, bit refill also just came out with a bill pay product that allows you to like type in your bank, bank of America credit card number on the back end, send Bitcoin and bit refill will act as the middleman for you to pay your credit card bill off for you. So, the lines between what even is USD in a checking account and what even is BTC in a checking account are continually being blurred right now. And that's what I'm trying to like push on. So it sounds like you're, cause I, I, I used, um, I use this system currently um, with ally um, and, you know, still at this point trying to figure out what is the best way to move forward in this sense, right. To use Bitcoin as the base currency it sounds like you're using, um, I guess it's level as your capture account where mm-hmm. you're, you're collecting your, your direct deposit from your employer or I yep. guess for that example there yep. that's directly then spot buys Bitcoin. Is that correct? It pays off any bills that are due inside that two week period. Okay. Okay. Immediately. So then, and, and then, then okay. Yep. okay. So then, then after that, then everything in excess then would be going to Bitcoin. Is that correct? correct. Yep. Okay. Correct. 
So I'm operating on a system that's almost a little bit, almost opposite of that, Mm -hmm. where I'm taking, so I've got uh, 80% of my direct deposit goes to uh, an ally bank account. Yep. Um, that is that is our house savings. And then we've got yep. another one. I just got engaged about two months ago. Love it. So we've also got another ally account that's like our wedding savings account. Yep. Um, yep. So we've got 80% going there. And then we use Chase Bank as our like ground base level. Like this is what we use to pay our bills, to pay the credit yep. card, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Right. Um, so then I will, uh, we've, we've got the, the budget pretty well ironed out at this point that where we say, we need this amount of money every single month just to live our lives. Yep. Thankfully, we are making significantly more than what we're spending, which is great. Yep. I'm happy to yep. start there. Yep. Um, so then I, I, we have uh, automated uh, transfer set up to, to, to go from Ally to our Chase Bank. And every single month, we've got exactly what we need there. And everything in excess is retained yep. in the Ally account. And yep. then we've got an auto, uh, an auto transfer set up to go from... Uh, from uh, the the house savings account to the wedding savings account. So we've kind of got that split up there. And then my other 20% goes direct to strike and automatically spot buys Bitcoin. And then I send that to blue wallet um, is, is the, is the wallet that I use to store on the, on the layer one technology. Um, So I guess, uh, I guess it's almost some, it's very similar system, but your pay, you, you've got level where you uh, collect your, your payment, pay your bill, Yep. bills, whatever those are. Yep. And yep. then everything else goes to Bitcoin. And that's all held right there in the same spot. Is that correct? Yep. Or yep. Uh, the, does the, the the Bitcoin checking account or Bitcoin savings account within level, do you have your own keys from, from that wallet as well? Or is no. that a custodial wallet? No. Yeah. So I can, it's a Bitcoin bank. Like it's a Bitcoin bank. And I have no problem like saying the word like bank in that context in a very like neutral okay. way. Like financial services are not bad. I don't think financial services are bad. Like, and to, and to, on top of that, I love Ally Bank. So I tweeted the picture of like being on zero at Ally Bank and like, and I tweet Ally Bank all the time. And I tweeted them yesterday. Like the only thing that's bad about Ally Bank, one of the number one thing that's bad about Ally Bank, they don't run Bitcoin software. Like that's the only thing that's bad about them. Their customer service is extremely good. They answer the phone and they live chat when you pick up the saving for multiple savings buckets, exactly like you determined, completely awesome. Like, and so I'm, that's very direct feedback to like their product team and like their management team. Everything is beautiful about the financial services that you've built, except one problem. United States dollar doesn't work for my family anymore. Like it doesn't physically work for like fundamentally what I need money to do. And because the U, because USD loses the goods and services. So, and the other thing I would say that's beautiful about your method is you already understand that you can go on the back of your payroll provider and separate where the money goes. So you're, so you are all, you're doing it. Like you're getting paid in Bitcoin, which is beautiful that Strike has built that. And all I'm, and what I'm throwing out today is just what I, the direction that I believe like Strike and Cash Hub and Coinbase and Level and everything is going, like is going to be because, and it's also illustrating what is the number one thing that, that uh, Ally Bank does? It's an ACH portal and it runs USD. Like, and, and what's interesting is that there's now Bitcoin apps out there that have ACH portals and run USD, but they then also run Bitcoin. So that's what's so, um, yeah, that's what's, this is happening. Like, because it's also NYDIG. So NYDIG, I don't know a lot about this because there's not a lot of press releases about this, but NYDIG is like a Bitcoin provider that is like 
plugging in to like more than half a dozen, more than a dozen credit unions, like across the United States. So this whole thing of like credit unions and small regional banks, like are going to run Bitcoin, like is happening. That's already happening right now. Yeah. So, and then we can like go down the question of like, oh, like how does that go with like the ethos of Bitcoin? I thought the ethos of Bitcoin would be your own bank, you know, like those kind of things, which is totally cool discussion. Um, I think the future, so I think the future is right now we talk about dollar cost averaging. I think in the future, we're going to talk about self-custody averaging because there's going to be no purpose in holding dollars at all, even for a week, like even for a day, because you're going to have these Bitcoin checking accounts and people are going to direct deposit their paychecks to these Bitcoin checking accounts. And then it's going to be self-custody averaging. So like when I talk to you two years from now or a year from now, it's going to be like, hey, Ryan, what's the latest on the personal finance advice? How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. It's going to be like, hey, man, like it's going super great. Like now, and we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of like holding, you know, what percent of your paycheck is smart to hold at the custodian still like that's what we'll be talking about by then Mm, self-custody averaging so does all the strike because i can't remember who exactly they part i know they partnered with shopify and was was npr is the name would that be the name of ncr uh, ncr NCR. point of sale yeah Mm -hmm. so that's pretty exciting obviously too for you and somebody who pretty much i mean like you just hold a lot more bitcoin than the average person because you're using a save check and everything besides bills it's obviously exciting for you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I speak, I think it's so, this conversation, I was just kind of smiling because it's like, it's so inevitable. Like the network yeah. is growing yeah. in while the exchange price obviously matters, right? Because we're mm-hmm. talking about buying power and that's mm-hmm. what matters about Bitcoin mm-hmm. is buying power. That's what we've been saying, Nick, I feel like for the last like five, six weeks where we were like talking about the prices, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, but one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin really just means it's like you believe that the purchasing power of the Bitcoin you're saving is going to accrue over time. Mm-hmm. And we know the dot, like we know if you hold dollars that it's not going to beat, it's not going to beat anything. It's Correct. not even, it's not an advantage for Guaranteed you to, to go down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I guess like my question to further where we're going here would be with strike, with NCR and Shopify and these banks doing what they're doing. Has it has Bitcoin like the network itself been sped up by COVID and like the chaos of the world? Or do you think since you've been in it for a while, do you think that this like we're ahead of schedule, like kind of on schedule? Like, where do you kind of think we're at right now? Because it's weird to see where the Bitcoin network is and then the price and yep, it's hard for I, people to manage. Ahead of schedule. Fully. My answer is fully ahead of schedule. And the other yeah. reason and the other way I say that is I don't love saying the like, we're so early line. Like I try Mm -hmm. to not say that as much as possible because I think it like has a lot of apathy behind it. And Mm -hmm. I think it has a lot of like, um, yeah, I don't, I just don't. Wishful thinking. There's a lot of wishful thinking. (laughs) Well, it just, it, I think it overestimates like how powerful the establishment is. Like, and I just don't see it like, and that's the personal incentives. Like Bitcoiners love to talk about personal incentives. The incentives of Bitcoin are dialed in bulletproof. Like mm. they've been battle tested, like they've been tested in this whole thing. Like it's as, yeah. So like if, if in, again, if in 2022 and if last year we're talking about like professional athletes, like most pop, like Aaron Rodgers, like arguably like one of like the most like um, popular athletes in America is tweeting out like pay me in Bitcoin. Like that is if, if we're already talking about that, pay me in Bitcoin, then I tweeted out this thing like 10 years from now. So I have a 10 month old son. If, if in 10, 11, 12 years, when he turns 13 and gets a job, 
there's zero reason for him to open up a United States bank account. Like already today, already today in 2022, if you're turning 13 today in 2022, it's like right on the bubble, right? Of like, man, like. I don't have a bank account personally, just to throw that out there. I mean, like I just didn't, I didn't see a point. Even when Venmo and Cash App came out, I was pretty early to that. I was like, okay, so why do I have a fifth third account? I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't understand because money, like a savings account for, I mean, honestly, I don't know when a savings account was really all that good. It's about investing your money. Yeah, it's about getting, and it's about getting credit. So it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Correct. It's like the ACH network, the ACH network was already brought to Venmo and already brought to Cash App. Mm -hmm. So they're already cutting out like the quote unquote big banks or whatever. And then, no, it's just back to people have that middle question right now of like how do mortgages work and how do loans work? Like, and, but, but like, here's for all of that, like guys just become really tight with your like lender, like email them like a friend, go to their office and be like, Hey, like, what do you need to see from me? And they'll give you a list of documents. Oh, yeah. I think Griff just popped off. Uh, another question for yeah. you. Um, I listened to, loved the episode with Austin Woodward, is it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that was a really fun episode to yeah. listen to. Yeah. Um, oh, here's Griff back again. Um, does that once an episode to yeah, me now. That was, uh, yeah, right. We Griff's got technical issues. Hey, he did just buy a computer. So He's, mm-hmm. you, you run on the iPad right now? Or are you on the iPad right now? Yeah, I just figured I was just, t- I'm, I'm just tired of this old MacBook. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. So I just popped on the yeah. iPad. Yeah. So uh, love your episode with Austin Woodward. Yep. Love what those guys are doing. That sounds really interesting. And I, and I haven't looked into it further yep. after listening to the episode. But one piece that he mentioned that I think is probably playing a huge role in your personal finances right now because of how you're operating, tax loss harvesting. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. got to imagine that that's playing a large role in how you're managing from a tax standpoint yeah. using Bitcoin as your base money. Uh, could you speak to that a little bit? I mean, I don't know if you're yep. super well-versed in all that stuff. Yep. What are your thoughts? Yeah. There? So I'm, I'm light on tax loss harvesting. Same thing. Same thing that you just said of like, it's on my list of things to dive deeper on. What, what I all just described of like having a Bitcoin checking account but then ACHing out from it, correct? Like, uh, official, like incurs capital gains taxes when you buy something or when you um, swap back to dollars. Like, it incurs capital gains taxes. What's what the get on zero hashtag pointed out this year is that even with paying capital gains taxes, you're still the math still says that you'll end the year with more sats than you started with. Like, like it's still optimal strategy to have Bitcoin as your base money than it is to have USD in your checking account, Bitcoin as your savings account, even with paying cap gains taxes. And that's because of the whole thing of like, there's only five transactions a month. Back to that whole thing I said of like, Mm -hmm. you pay off your credit card bill, you pay your mortgage, you pay the three bills. So that's five transactions a month that need to be tracked. All of the Bitcoin checking account products are becoming better and better at doing that. And they're just gonna email you a statement at the end of the year that like says, what your cost base was and what your um, swap over was. And if you're paying cap gains taxes, that's because you made money. That's because you increased your purchasing power. And so this is this is a new, it sounds super simple like what I'm saying right now, but why this is so interesting is because this is brand new to my brain. Like this is brand new to my brain. Having listened to all the other Bitcoin personal finance advice up to this point, people had said, 
No, you have to keep cash on hand so that you don't pay cap gains taxes. And that's how you play optimally in order to stack the most stats. And I'm like, that's actually not true. Like, and, and yeah. I don't know if that's because the products have gotten good enough or because inflation has gotten bad enough. But if you rerun the numbers straight up in 2022, I think it's going to show that like that's no longer true. So I say all that to answer your question because I did all of this. I, I've been pushing forward on this experiment and others have too before even talking to Austin and Taxbit about tax loss harvesting. Mm-hmm. So then, so take all that. Now you add in talking and people can listen to this, like the Bitcoin is hard tax bit episode, talking about tax loss harvesting and talking about their software. What the, what this, the crux of what this comes down to is if you're using Bitcoin, then as your checking account, you have two, you have three choices. You have first in, first out, you have last in, first out, or you have specific batching. Okay. And what my understanding of the, tax bit software and i'm and i need to like use this more too and like give an official answer on like i've checked into this and whatever but the super high level is the software should be able to tell you which of those three is like then the most optimal for your bitcoin checking account yeah so i described like a a pretty good hunch and the get on zero kind of people on twitter have described a pretty good hunch that sats is your base currency the numbers check out and you actually end with more stats than you started with. Then when you add on to that, what this completely separate team has been pushing on, on their software kind of corroborates both those things. Mm. That is my current understanding. So then just simply defining tax loss harvesting, simply defining tax loss harvesting would be, so you get paid in your checking account and you got paid into your checking account at the $35,000 exchange rate. But then on Friday, when your mortgage is due, you know, you're at the $31,000 exchange rate. You pay your mortgage anyway out of your Bitcoin checking account. And you're capturing that on paper loss for your 2022 Bitcoin checking account. Yeah. Um, and that's lowering the taxes owed like on the year. So that's that's the thesis behind that. Yeah. Griff, do you have any uh, last thoughts there? I think you're muted. Hold on. I can, uh, do you have any uh, any last thoughts here? I know that we may be running. It's just amazing how we can never touch on everything in an hour. Like you think you'd be able to, and then you never can. Uh, I just know it's just all super interesting stuff. And thanks, Brian, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, we need to have him on again because I have more questions more for like the uh, trilateral and uh like i don't know i guess kind of more into the rabbit hole kind of stuff but i think it's really interesting i was so interested when you were on that radio show and now at the beginning of the episode i forgot nick's quote i fully remember it now but uh (laughs) i thought it was really interesting just when you were talking about what got me hooked on choice was like oh you can contribute to a roth and buy bitcoin and Mm -hmm. i can't i don't know um i don't know who who the name of the investor is who basically became a billionaire through his roth ira but yeah. isn't it the Peter greatest Thiel. thing? Peter Thiel crushed it. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, I'm I'm gonna try to find a way to get Bitcoin through a Roth IRA now. So like, there's a lot of things yeah. that you're doing that I really appreciate. And I guess to leave it off, the only thing I want to say, the battle of Bitcoin, because that's kind of what this episode turned into. I looked up the ten oldest businesses in America. Mm-hmm. I think five of them were banks out of the state of New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm we're kind of going up against a lot. There's a lot of old money under old management that does not want to see uh, this new. Oh, 
man. It's, you hate, dude, you, hate I, you hate to see it. You hate to no, see it. No, it's all good. I agree. No, I agree with what Griff was saying a lot. Yeah. No, there like there are like entrenched interests that are don't want to see the progress. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 crazy. We're we're up against it, but the lines are getting blurred. Bitcoin is. I mean, like I'm super excited about Bitcoin now after this conversation because really. We're not that far away from being able to just live your life with Bitcoin and complete, pretty much completely plugging away from the state, which pretty much has been my goal since I got into Bitcoin. So I'm just, so I'm, I mean, just, I, I'm not a billionaire. I, I'm starting to make a little bit of good money and I'm just like, I don't want to put any of it in this, in this system anymore. It makes no yeah. sense to me and I don't want it. So well, thank no, you for and furthering that. Analogy, yes. Like the brunch analogy of like combining both these things, like you're combining your mm-hmm. like feelings about wanting to reform the system with go like working wherever you're wherever you're working Mm. like because then you're pouring into you're voting like every single day you're voting like Mm. the old Mm. system talks about voting once every two years bitcoiners talk about voting every single day Mm. like every single day is like you yes well and and your work like talk one talk about proof of work like one talk about philosophy like you're you're contributing your value to the world into a different monetary network that has better rules and is more fair. Agreed. Brian, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, As Griff mentioned, we'll we'll for sure have to have you on again here um, in the future to to talk about kind of where we're at, you know, maybe revisit some of these conversations in the future to think, man, this is where we were then, you know, what is it? May 11th, May 11th, 2022, this is where we were, and these were our thoughts. Let's go back and revisit these topics and see where we're at in 2024, 2025. You know, it's, yep. it's so weird to think about into the future as this thing progresses. Man, it's going to be exciting to see where we're at. Brian, it's been a ton of fun to have you on. I've got your, uh, your information yep. right down here uh, at Brain Harrington on Twitter. And I believe you're, you're very well active on Twitter. You use Twitter as like your... Your main communication networks, correct? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. talk to me. Everyone can talk to me. Beautiful. Well, go go talk with Brian down there at Brain Harrington on Twitter. Brian, it was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, sir. Cool. Hi, right, guys. Oh. Kick the wrong guy off. Kick the wrong guy. <laughs> Griffin, that was a that was a really fun episode, man. I think the personal the personal finance side of that was was really interesting. I think a lot of what he was saying was really interesting and <clears throat> I don't know, just like when he was on that radio show with you, I'm not doing enough, but, but we're getting there. And I think, it, I think a lot of it was just super interesting because he clearly, you can tell from 2015 on, like he has thought about a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. He's a very smart individual. I just think it's awesome to see the talent in Bitcoin. Every guy that we've had on here so far, whether it was, you know, Greg from last week is just an older gentleman, general, like, I mean, contracting, nothing extremely special. But man, like, he's still into Bitcoin. You can kind of tell, like, these Bitcoiners have a little bit of different something about them. I hope yeah. you and I do as well now. Uh, but I think we're all in we a might have a little shift. On us. <laughs> Maybe, dude. Who knows? Oh, I think we're having some more technical difficulties, Griff. But it's going to be like us. Oh, I think you're back. I think you're back. You're new back. computer. New, com- new, new, new computer, computer, guys. Coming, new computer coming, coming, new computer coming soon. Not, not this oh, weekend, God. but next, right? 
not this weekend. It'll probably be iPad again, but next weekend there will be a full on desktop PC sitting right where I'm at right now. Uh, it'll be, it'll be a lot better, but, uh, yeah, it was awesome having it on, man. It makes me feel a little less crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you for listening to another episode. Come check us out on Twitter. Uh, we are just like Brian. Come hit us on Twitter. Uh, we use that as our primary communication channel at Nick and Griff show on Twitter. You can see it down there. If you're watching, um, if you're listening, wherever you're listening, it's in the description. Uh, go come check us out. Shoot us a DM. We're always wanting to have more conversations so that we can broaden our perspective and share what we're learning alongside uh, or learn alongside our listeners and share what we're learning. So thank you guys for listening to another episode and we will see you next time. Peace.